just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, you hear our voices nearly every day, but we rarely get to meet you. And all that's going to change on Tuesday, August 1st, because it's 801 day, people. Come raise a glass to the world's best area code, hang out with our team, and meet each other. We even made our own CityCast Salt Lake Cider with Second Summit Cider. It's the 801 Peach Ginger. Celebrate 801 Day Tuesday, August 1st at 7 p.m. at Second Summit Cider in Mill Creek. I put a link to $5 tickets in the show notes, and I am really excited to meet you there. All right, here is what Salt Lake's talking about. The city is rapidly changing, and it's hard to keep pace, but we try. In December of last year, lead producer Emily Means and I threw down our predictions for what would happen in Salt Lake City in the year 2023. And now that we're halfway through it, we are fact-checking ourselves with the real news. It's Tuesday, July 25th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Lead producer Emily Means, at the end of 2022, you and I threw down some serious predictions for what would happen in this city this year. Yeah. (laughs) And we're real smart. So they were good predictions, I hope. Today we're going to find out. We are at the halfway point of the year. We've actually passed the halfway point of the year. So we're checking in on how we fared. We should waste no time because we've got a lot to get through here and to chew on. There are four categories that we made predictions in. Politics, the Great Salt Lake, food, and sports. Those are the four pillars of CityCast Salt Lake. (laughs) The pillars of our society, I think. Honestly. (laughs) Really. (laughs) Let's start with politics. You threw down a prediction in December of last year related to the 2024 United States Senate race in this state of Utah You said that people would be clamoring to primary current Senator Mitt Romney and that we should be watching Sean Reyes, who I believe you mentioned also would potentially be endorsed by Rudy Gobert, (laughs) who no longer plays for the Jazz, Uh, Dan McKay, State Senator Dan McKay, and that the most serious candidate that we should be watching is Brad Wilson, Speaker of the House, and you listed all the reasons you thought that. What? actually happened is that I'm going to give myself the dub on this one because House Speaker Brad Wilson has entered this race in some way or another. He is the most serious challenger to incumbent Senator Mitt Romney. Um, So technically he has filed as a candidate, but he's like being real flirty with us and calling this just an exploratory committee. Which is weird because, again, he filed as a candidate in April. Yeah, that's just an accounting thing. He True. But he's already raised more than $2.2 million, though $1.2 million of that came from him himself, which I think 
actually indicates that he is an incredibly serious candidate because yeah. I wouldn't spend $1.2 million on something that I wasn't serious about. I barely spend $100 on a pair of shoes I'm not serious about, okay? Yeah. Let's be real, Brad. So let me address those other those other names I floated. <laughs> uh, A.G. Sean Reyes. Haven't really heard anything from him. I don't know what he's doing right now. I think that he's hunting ghosts somewhere, but I'm not sure. He's fighting districting in court. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's fighting the Supreme Court of Utah on districting. But that's his part-time job. And then State Senator Dan McKay, funnily enough, and I'll just I'll just pull the curtain back a little bit. He did listen to this episode, Allie, and he texted me after I made this prediction and he just said, you're funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, he has not formally announced. Um, another person who has formally announced, though, is Riverton Mayor Trent Staggs, who has raised one hundred seventy thousand dollars as for. Current Senator Mitt Romney, he has not said for sure if he's running or not, but the Salt Lake Tribune reports that he is fundraising. He raised a million dollars from April to June. To me, that sounds like he's running again. Yeah, though it's easy to do when you're a billionaire. (laughs) What I'm really wondering is if his recent ode to hot dogs is an indication that he is uh, trying to reach the, the general public. Yeah. And make his case to them. Nobody who wants to get out of public office and out of the limelight makes a silly National Hot Dog Day video that they get roasted over by both their own party and the other party. You know what I mean? Like that's that is running for office behavior. That is candidate behavior. That is not elected official behavior. But anyway, let's move on. By the way, I'm going to start keeping score. Emily, one point. Okay. Yes. Okay. So in the same realm of politics, this same category, Allie, you made a prediction. (laughs) And this one is a little hard to do a check in on because this hasn't even happened yet, to be fair. (laughs) You predicted Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall would win re-election in the city's mayoral race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe I also said there would be an unexpected third candidate. You told me you couldn't believe I thought there would only be three candidates for mayor. You thought there could be as many as seven like the last go around. Here's what actually is sort of happening. One, we now have ranked choice voting, which we didn't know we would have this time last year. And that also has moved back the filing period. So candidates can't even file for this race until August 8th, and there'll be a week-long filing period. So yeah, I mean, anyone else could get in. It does feel like it's getting a little bit late, though people might be so sick of Mayor Aaron Mendenhall and former Mayor Rocky Anderson being in the race that someone could just kind of swoop in as a fresh face and be interesting in the fall. Sure. Um, There's no polling on this race. I mean, I'm sure the candidates are like doing their own internal polling, but like Dan Jones and Associates has not polled uh, the city on this race. But we can look at fundraising. And like fundraising is not necessarily the only or even a indicator of whether someone is going to win an election. But we do live in the United States of America, the home of the almighty dollar. And unfortunately, Money is a huge piece of campaigning until we have some serious campaign finance reform. So from mid-February to July 1st, Aaron, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall outraised 
cha- prom- most prominent challenger, former Mayor Rocky Anderson, two to one. She has about 212 grand that she's raised in that period, just yeah. that period to July 1st. And he raised about 102 grand. So she is outpacing him in some regard. Uh, he's, I think, definitely winning the lawn sign game. So yeah, too too early to call. The third unsurprising <laughs> candidate is um, local activist uh, Michael Valentine, who is not a surprising candidate because I actually think he had announced by December of last year. So yeah, we do have three candidates. I was half right or half wrong, depending on how you feel about me, you know? I, you know, <laughs> I think we can give you half a point. We'll give you half a point okay, for trying. Okay, five. I'll take it. Ding. <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the Great Salt Lake. Uh, Emily, your prediction... Uh, <laughs> Your prediction around this matter, I laughed so hard at you last year, and you were low-key right. Mm. We pray, she said, so hard for rain under the leadership of Governor Spencer Cox that Lake Bonneville is restored in this valley. God floods the earth, and the problem is solved. Listen, uh, Lake Bonneville hasn't been restored, but damn, was I close. Yeah. We we you have actually predicted the record snowfall. <laughs> record snowfall. Um, states of emergency around flooding as as the weather warmed up during spring. The Great Salt Lake rose five and a half feet as a result of this record snowfall and flood mitigation. While um, water conservancy districts decided to offload extra water into the lake. Yep. So, I mean, that's at least half a dub. Yeah. I'm taking it. I'm. You know what I'm going to actually file under your prediction that God floods the earth? Is the LDS church donating 20,000 acre yeah! feet of water to the Great Salt Lake. Yeah! Because in some way, you could argue that God is trying to flood the lake. <laughs> I'm ready to give you the point. I think I'm ready to go back to mass, you know, like, <laughs> all right, mom, you were waiting for this moment. Now's the time. Now's the time. All right, Allie, your prediction <sighs> was, I'm going to say a little bit sillier than mine. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, your prediction is that we would have some federal bigwig, namely <laughs> Vice President Kamala Harris, visit the Great Salt Lake in a Veep-style trip and maybe fall in. Okay. Yes, I was being hyperbolic, as I want to do. But I do not think it is silly to think that a federal official would visit the Great Salt Lake. And every time a federal official visits anything, I feel like a Veep-like scenario happens, which is they do or say something silly or one of their aides is like spun into a crisis. Because the thing about electeds is that they're they're best in their home quarters. <laughs> what actually happened? Not even close. Nobody gives a shit about the lake at the federal level, it turns out. I Mitt will Romney say- does. Did yeah, Mitt Romney okay. hit the lake in a boat? Mitt Romney and Brad Wilson did a tour of the lake in a like one of those like boats. And I can't remember what it's called. A technical term. <laughs> it's the industry <laughs> term. But that was in August of last year. Oh. Uh, so it doesn't count. And um, 
Yeah, I think as close as I can get on this one is that at the very start of the year, like this was a bill that passed in last December, President Biden signed Republican Representative Blake Moore's bill to study the salt lakes of the Great Basin, which includes our Great Salt Lake. It also includes Lake Albert in Oregon and um, Mono Lake in California. So I don't know. That's as close as I'm getting. Are you willing to give me like a quarter of a point? No. I, okay, that's fine. That's you know generous. what? Nope, I don't. That's I don't not a responsible it. use of our taxpayer dollars. So, sorry. <laughs> the Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May seventeenth through nineteenth, and this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Okay, let's talk about food. Emily, you said quite simply, cookies are out. The cookie wars are out. We're over it. Cinnamon rolls are the new thing. How are you feeling about that? Because uh, Crumble was in the New York Times this year. All right, and we roasted them. So are they out? That's true. You are either out or you are in. You are in or you are out, okay? (laughs) Yeah. But I have to admit something terrible. I visited Crumble recently. What? (laughs) When? I just had a hankering. I was you like, had a hankering for a ball of dough? I don't know what happened to me, Allie. Um, for a for goop? Well, I could have made you some slime. And it it just wasn't worth it. It just wasn't worth it. Oh, so wow. while Crumble 
continues to succeed, um, even getting my own money. I will say that I've seen more cinnamon roll joints kind of like popping up or rather, you know, maybe not like shops, but more people making cinnamon rolls. So mm-hmm. Tuli has a new cinnamon roll. Delicious. Okay. Um, Doe Lady SLC. She's new to me. She sells at the farmer's market. And the last time I went to the farmer's market, I saw a lot of cinnamon rolls. Yeah. So um, I think that's that's a pretty good indication. And I, I have to tell you, Allie, I think I am probably going to flop completely on this prediction by the end of the year because I have breaking news for you. Oh, no. Hot out of the oven, baby. Crumble and Crave have moved to dismiss <laughs> the Cookie War lawsuit. So one of the reasons why I thought cookies would be out is because Crumble sued competitors Crave and Dirty Dough over trademark infringement. And I thought, okay. you know, like all these legal costs would just be the end of these cookie cookie places. And Crumble and Crave have moved to dismiss the lawsuit. Dirty Dough's lawsuit is ongoing, but wow, right? They're coming together. Do you think Crumble's going to acquire Crave? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Because they just opened a new, they just opened that new Crave downtown on 600 South. I noticed it only the other day. And I remember being like, how are they opening a new storefront when they're being sued by like the most vicious cookie lobby out there? Maybe they're joining forces and we'll just have one cookie monopoly. Well, here's what I will say. I am... Ready to give you a quarter of a point because what I do think has happened in the past year is that Salt Lake City in particular, not necessarily the Valley, but the cities, not cookie subculture, Mm. has kind of come out swinging. Like the micro bakeries are taking us by storm. I'm thinking... I'm thinking Lady Flower moving in with Baby's Bagels to the Mm -hmm. site of the old Canela's. Like, I'm thinking about the pie, pie party, pie's the limit, all the pie people at the farmer's market. Like, these Instagram micro bakeries are everywhere I turn. And I feel like every time I go to a house party, someone's ordered from, like, you know, Aziza, Baklava, or whatever. And so I am prepared to say that, like, in the city – Similar to how Salt Lake has a sort of like dominant culture and a subculture, I think not cookies are becoming a Salt Lake subculture. Mm. I am seeing a lot of beautifully laminated pastries on my Instagram mm-hmm. feed lately. So mm-hmm. I think you're I think you're spot on there. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you 0.25. Thanks. You're welcome. I'll take it. All right, Allie. You made a pretty big prediction that yeah. Salt Lake would get three rooftop bars, and then, because this is the way you are, you added another layer to this, which is that we would have a bar or restaurant named after an astrological sign. I don't even remember why. Like, it was just those were really having a moment or something Mm -hmm. when we talked about it in December. (laughs) What actually (laughs) happened? Okay. (laughs) We got two rooftop bars. And we're only halfway through the year. So this is a dub for me. We got the Van Ryder on top of the Meridian Hotel, like right kind of down by the Delta Center. And we are getting a Sunday's Best at the Post District on, what is that, 600 South? Like 
over on 600 South and like 3rd West where they're doing all that construction. They're calling that the Post District. A Sunday's Best, which is a brunch spot that the first location is in Sandy. They're moving in there and they are opening a rooftop that they're calling a Rooftop Day Club. Well. There are whispers that a third rooftop establishment is on route. I can't confirm or deny, but there are whispers. Hmm. I feel it. By the end of this year, we're going to have three. It's absurd we don't have more. Hello, this is a city that like exists and operates because of its mountain views. Why? Why are we even eating on the ground in the first place? Life elevated, people. Life elevated. Exactly. I, why isn't there a rooftop bar at the top of the Walker Center? Missed opportunity. Anyway, in terms of the astrological sign thing, Yes, sometimes I like to lay my own minefield. Um, I do remember specifically that one of the, like, we were coming up with potential bars with astrological sign names, and one of them was the Libra Hole. (laughs) 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 Because I I remember tweeting a notes app apology to Libras after that. But um, I'm going to say the closest we're getting is that Echo and Karma nightclubs have closed. Glory be to God. And they have been replaced with a new nightclub, and it is called The Gem. And that's really close to Gemini. No, it's not. That's a word (laughs) all on its own, buddy. (laughs) It's half the word Gemini. Maybe a third. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, fine. I get a point for this, right? You you should absolutely get get a point here. Okay. So thank you. Make your little tally mark, okay? I did. I'm not going to tell you how things are going. I'll tell you. You earned it. <laughs> okay. Our final category: sports. One place we really excel, Allie. Yeah. 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 Um. Yes. So you postured that Salt Lake would get the Olympics, and you would just have to deal with it because you are a notorious Olympics hater. Mm-hmm. Maybe your mind has changed since since we first made these predictions. What actually happened? Give us the update. Uh, Salt Lake City is finalizing its bid and submitting it at the end of this year. We might even actually, <laughs> this is like, this is a hilarious sort of escalation of the scenario, my little battle with the Olympics, my personal war, but we might even have the Olympics every yes. 10 years forever until it's we It's like they heard your complaints <laughs> and they said, we don't really like that girl. <laughs> No, they said send more Olympics. Uh, The IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is basically trying to figure out how to deal with climate change. And one of the strategies that they've come up with is, okay, well, let's just pick a handful of cities that are well poised to ride out climate change. And let's figure out like where we could have a Winter Olympics, you know, consistently over the next 30, 40, 50 years. So that instead of going through this bidding process constantly every four years, we just have like sort of a rotating cycle of host cities. And it's looking like Salt Lake City could be one of them. Hilarious to me that the a global organization would look at Salt Lake City, Utah, and be like, this is a place that is really crushing the climate <laughs> paradigm. But you know what? Life comes at you fast. So, yep, we're probably going to get the Olympics TBD if it's 2030 or 2034. But everybody start taking well-lit photos and preparing to Airbnb your home. <laughs> See you in Cabo. Allie, have faith. Where's your Olympic spirit? 
<laughs> uh, it will be in Merida at my brother's house. Uh, Emily, your sports prediction oh. was truly unhinged. And uh, I almost want to play Please back the don't. audio from it, but <laughs> it hurts too bad. You said that the this was not a rebuilding year for the Utah Jazz, that they were going to take the ring and that they were going to win the championship against Donovan Mitchell's new team, the Cleveland <laughs> Cavaliers. I don't want to talk about this one, Allie. <laughs> no, because the, <laughs> the Jazz season ended with a whimper. Yeah. Listen, we were so good in the first half of the season, and we exceeded everyone's very low expectations for us. Uh, in the end, we did not win. In fact... Our rival city's team, the Denver Nuggets, won the championship. So salt in an open wound. Um, and in uh, in the grand scheme of things, though, like I'm still hopeful, man. I'm still hopeful. We've got some fresh new players. The Jazz are now going to be playing at the Delta Center. And... That's a great sign for all Utahns who were around when the Del- during the Delta Center's days. Also, Ryan mm-hmm. Smith, the jazz owner, has democratized jazz games. They'll be broadcast on uh, KJazz TV, free for people to watch. So we're headed in the right direction. And yeah, it still hurts a lot. But listen, five years. This prediction will be correct. Probably not the part about the Cavs, but this prediction... Could ring true in five years. Hopefully we're all still here <laughs> by, by the time it's not a building year anymore. All I care is that Walker Kessler and Lori Markinen are still here. <laughs> Man, I hope so too. That'd be a real bummer if they left. Anyway. Lori, if you're listening, hope things are great at war. <laughs> Please come back from Finland soon. Please come back from your mandatory military service in Finland. We are not loving it. We miss you. I have to tell you, Emily, I have been keeping score of our predictions. And? You are the winner of our 2023 predictions. So far, though things could change, you have 2.25 points and I have 1.5 points. This has to be the lowest scoring contest ever in the history of of com- ever since the very first Olympics, we have got to up the stakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to figure out how to how to make this like I don't know a, a, a sliding scale. But for now, congratulations! Thank you. You're our winner. You win. You're the most clairvoyant person in this city, and uh, it's been fun fact checking ourselves with you, Allie. I cannot wait to revisit these predictions with you. By the end of the year, see where we're mm-hmm. at. We'll have some mm-hmm. clarity on the mayor's race by then. Yeah. Olympics still up in the air, but. Yeah. And we could have a bar named after an astrological sign. That's true. That's true. If you build it, they will come. No, that's not it. That's not the right. Never mind. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Just a reminder to grab a ticket to our 801 Day Happy Hour at Second Summit Cider in Mill Creek this Tuesday, August 1st at 7 p.m. It's a $5 entry, which buys you your first beer or cider. Perhaps you'll want to drink the CityCast Peach Ginger. 
Come hungry to eat crispy tacos from La Oaxaqueña and maybe wear sneakers because the pickleball courts will be free to play and free equipment rentals. But leave the kids at home because this event is 21 and up. I put a link to grab a ticket in the show notes. It's also in our daily newsletter, Hey Salt Lake. Our entire team is so excited to meet you. So we'll see you a week from today. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.